and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel. A place to talk about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Crimson Dynamo and Darkstar. My name's Ashley Hubley, the Explosion Network's resident Red Guardian, and joining me today, Ultimate Kieran Marchant. Das Vidanya, boys. And the astonishing Neil Blight. Can't believe that this is the first Marvel movie we've had in 10 years, everyone. It certainly has felt like 10 years. Can, can I check your math on that one? Because I feel like if there's like maybe you've carried the two or something. I don't know. Uh, I, at least two years, I think. I don't know exactly when Far From Home dropped. Far From Home might have been like, later in July. It was like mid twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. Mm. So it's very possible. But yes, uh, finally we're here. We're talking about Black Widow. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. His call signs Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? Enough. We have to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you. You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past. Okay, you got a plan, or shall I just stay dug and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. Uh, directed by Kate Shortlands, uh, screenplay by Eric Pearson, story by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson, based on Black Widow by Stan Lee, Don Rico, and Don Heck, starring Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, O.T. Fagbanil, uh, William Hurt, Ray Winston, and Rachel Weiss. Natasha Romanov, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arise. Uh, pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with the, her history as a spy and the broken le- relationships she left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Uh, obviously, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson debuted back in Iron Man 2. So, 11 years ago, 2010, uh, yeah, 2010. Uh, Dylan, was the wait worth it for a Black Widow solo movie? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so it was enjoyable to watch a Marvel movie on the big screen again. That is where I'll, I'll, I'll start with this. It, this movie is just trying so hard to do stuff that, like, this movie shouldn't be coming out now. This movie should have came out, like, six years ago or, you know, five, six years ago or something like that, and it probably would have been a lot better because instead they finally decided to give Natasha her own movie and try and give this character um, the well-deserved solo movie that she deserved um, and fill in some of her backstory and, like, get her, allow her to have some actual character moments that she just doesn't get because she's always in these huge ensemble pieces but a lot of it just feels a little too late um it's just you 
you know where her story ends, you know where a lot of these things are going, you know, like, uh, ultimately the movie ends up feeling, um, I went into it thinking it was going to be a Black Widow celebration movie and have this, like, grand, like, big piece, you know, at the end about celebrating the character and, um, it was really going to be Natasha's movie and really hit home how great of a character she is and all the, uh, how she deserved better and all this, but really... It's a passing of the baton to her, uh, well, her sister in the film. And um, thank God for Florence Pugh, who I think carries this movie. Not to say everyone else is bad in the movie, but I think that the, the reason to watch this movie is Florence Pugh. And I think you should be excited about the future of Black Widow, uh, I guess, because they're definitely going to do, and we'll get into the sequels and all that stuff, I'm sure. But it's like they're definitely setting her up to carry that mantle forward and this movie ultimately feels like it's trying to do several things give scarlett johansson a chance to do a solo movie give natasha romanov a solo character movie that she should have got so long ago and they've waited this long and they try and do that they're also trying to explain some sort of political political stuff that happened between civil war and Infinity war and like how did these characters get here here who got them out of prison blah 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 all this sort of stuff they're trying to do that they're also trying to um, explain some of natasha's history that we never got and ultimately i think the main thing they're trying to do is set up the future of the black widow character and what that character does and who's going to take that over now that um she died in endgame of course so the movie just feels like bit miss hit and miss for me my favorite parts are just the family dynamic stuff that is all fantastic i couldn't really get on board the red room main uh if you want to call it spy or whatever it is like espionage stuff all of that was just like pretty cookie cutter meh um none of the fight scenes were particularly exciting i was disappointed in the hand-to-hand combat considering that's natasha's uh, strong point and i felt like the fights were a bit of a letdown so the movie is at its best when people are literally just talking to one another and then when they begin fighting i was like all right get to the next talkie scene <laughs> so uh yeah to, to me it was an okay marvel movie uh that maybe isn't all the fault of the writers and director and more so of marvel deciding to do this movie after the characters already died and have it be both the start of the next generation, the next phase of Marvel and the next 10 years of Marvel. But also it's a prequel and just, yeah, I, I, I know. but I did enjoy it. I just don't think it's like, it's, it's not what that character deserved. I, I, I think. Interesting. Kieran, what did you think of the film? Uh, I think this, this movie's a mixed bag. Um, I a hundred percent agree that this movie's out of place. And feels extremely out of place being released in 2021. I think this movie's much better if it's released post-Civil War. Because if you look back now, it almost feels like this was originally supposed to be there anyway. Because we had that weird jump from Civil War to Infinity War. And there was not that much in between it other than like Black Panther. And there was nothing really about the main Avengers. And Ragnarok was there as well, wasn't it? I think Ragnarok... Ragnarok and Black Panther, but there was nothing else about the Avengers. Guardians 2, I think, yeah. And Guardians 2, okay. So there was nothing in that spot that was about the Avengers storyline post-Civil War. And I feel like this was written to insert there. I went into it thinking... I went into be like, okay, they're going to mention Budapest at some point. Not expecting them to make a massive story point out of Budapest and kind of being the linchpin for the whole story. Um... I thought the comedy was actually surprisingly really fucking good in this movie. 
I laughed at a lot of the stuff and maybe that's just my humor. I completely agree that Elena stole this movie and she was fantastic. Her quips and her comedy comedic timing was absolutely fantastic throughout this. Um, they fucked up Taskmaster. That is my biggest gripe with this movie. Here's my hot take. Taskmaster is Marvel, core Marvel, this like the main Marvel. It's their time. This is them doing what Fox did with Deadpool. Oh fucking! I sat, I was sat there thinking this when it happening, and he wasn't talking, and he was just a fucking robotic like fucking fighter. I was like, oh no, they're fucking Deadpool, the Taskmaster. That's what I was thinking right there. Taskmaster, like they've Deadpooled. <laughs> Ashley, you can you wait your turn shaking your head about this bullshit, but Taskmaster is ah oh, Taskmaster is so fucking cool. I was so excited for Taskmaster. Taskmaster is not only has this cool. Skill skill set of being a copycat fighter that learns all the Avengers moves and everything, and I was excited for it to be a reoccurring villain throughout the fucking MCU going forward. Fuck me for wanting that, eh? But, like... (laughs) (laughs) But, like, not only that, but at the same time, Taskmaster's such a charismatic and interesting villain. They They have so much narrative and dialogue potential that is really fucking interesting to that character normally throughout comic books and everything else he's in. And then... It comes out and it doesn't talk. And then they use it as a narrative plot point to be the girl that she blew up in Budapest. I'm like, guys, did you really have to make this Taskmaster? You could have just made this any other fucking nameless. Just make it a character for this film and don't make it Taskmaster. Don't, yeah, just make it. They never said Taskmaster, did they? They. Everything is Taskmaster. The fucking shield is it's Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Are you really going to argue it's not Taskmaster? It's they, Taskmaster. No, it absolutely is. I don't think. I I think they just figured Taskmaster is not going to translate properly. How does Taskmaster We're not, gonna... not translate? I don't understand. You think this translated better though? It did its purpose to be a Terminator esque. Opposition. But was it even a good Terminator S? I think they were shit. They were supposed to be like the... I was waiting for like all the fight scenes involving Taskmaster to be fucking amazing. And they were shit. <laughs> they were cut really bad. The Red Guardian versus Taskmaster fight was disappointing. I'm just so frustrated that they have this character that is designed to be the ultimate foil, the most crafty foil and intelligent foil for superheroes like the Avengers. And it just... Nothing. Just fucking... Nothing. I could rant about Taskmaster and how they fucked that up for like the next twenty years. They can just reboot Taskmaster. It's fine. But I don't think it makes sense now that she's still alive. They, no, they can just have somebody else be Taskmaster. But then you go wait, but they're the same, and then do it. like how do you? I don't know. Just it's, inherit it's the name. Very... They're about to have Black Widow inherit the name. So Black Widow's inheriting the name, but I don't. I don't know. But that's the thing. They didn't. Make Even though they're character. all Black Widows, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're all Black Widows. Don't even... Yeah, I just think they fucked up Taskmaster. I thought Taskmaster was terrible. Um, I think this movie overall was good. I don't think it was amazing. Um, Even though I'm bitching about Taskmaster, I enjoyed, like, Dylan, all the family stuff. Um, I thought all four members were really good in it. I thought this movie got hella fucking dark at points, which I'm glad because of the source material for Black Widow and her past is fucking dark. And I was waiting, and then like the scene for the scene in the with the mother in her farm where the pig was not breathing, I was subconsciously holding my fucking breath, and I felt uncomfortable during that scene. And I was like, shit, eleven more seconds and you would have died. <laughs> 
11 more seconds he would die. But at the same time, my brain was earning. She, she's going to she's gonna let, let the pig breathe again, right? She's going to let the pig breathe again. And I'm just sat there and I can see, like, there, there was just, I don't know, there was just a darkness to this movie that was hid behind the, co- the comedy that I just really enjoyed and glad that Marvel and Disney allowed that kind of darkness to come through for Black Widow because she does have a fucking terribly dark past. I think some of the stuff they tried to be dark with, like the whole storyline about um, Dragonov, or what the fuck is his name? His yep, random right. cookie-cutter Russian name. Um, the He's, <laughs> like, I wish they had, like, A, I wish they'd kind of semi-explain how the fuck he survived that building explosion, because that is the... T- just my brain just broke for a second when, I'm, when they showed the explosion and everything, and I'm like... What? Okay, sure. Um, pheromones. No, I just think pheromones. <laughs> pheromones protected him and repelled the flames. Ashley Hobley, you should go and be a Disney and Marvel writer because <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> also, really annoyed they skipped over the um, Ross meeting at, towards the end of the movie. Because I was like, how does... The fact that she's just, you know, it skips to two weeks later, she's got short blonde hair, she's completely fine. I'm just... Like, what? <laughs> what? I don't mind that, because it just implies that... She beat him all She's Black Widow, escaped, she yeah. escaped. She just escapes. Like, it's... You expected her to escape. I don't need to see it. I just know that she doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I really I really enjoy the film. I think it's... it's Yeah. Sure, Taskmaster is not as great as you would have hoped, but, you know, I don't think... That was the. I don't think the enemies were honestly just there to be foils for the family unit that they built up in this film. What, Kieran? Sorry, I just said. Then don't use Taskmaster, you fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I. I think as much as we say this movie should have come out six years ago. it's the reason it took so long is because they needed to wait for Florence Pugh to be ready to play Helena in this film, uh, because she is brilliant, uh, continuing to prove that she is she's maybe like the brightest young star in Hollywood at the moment. Like everything she's touched recently has turned to gold. Um, she's fantastic. Just the kind of, the relationship between her and um and Natasha. Almost playing like weirdly, like an Amy Joe, Little Women esque relationship, kind of um, antagonistic, but also with a layer of love and um, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss, fantastic as well. Uh, David Harbour somehow convinced that he's fought Captain America, but yet Captain America was frozen in the ice. So, so he fought a Captain America. He fought a Captain from America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? That's what. It's, yes, I would that's agree. That's with what that. it implies. Which again is interesting that obviously this movie that should have come out twelve months ago it was supposed to come out before Falcon and Winter Falcon Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has other ties we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting the way it starts. Uh, obviously, it starts almost like an episode of the Americans, uh, and then slowly becomes. Slowly, it slowly starts off as like a spy espionage thing, then slowly turns into the Marvel movie um, that we all know and come to expect. Um, I freaking opening credits, like uh, who was it? Uh, the cover of uh, 
Smells Like Team Spirit is done by... Oh, it was haunting. It was really cool. Uh, I had it a second ago. Hang on. Uh, I have not looked this up. Uh, done by Think Up Anger, featuring Maya J. Uh, friggin' haunting. Like, I think that, that whole sequence was really interestingly put together uh, and felt very un-MCU-like. Because um, not... My, not I, I can't think of any other one that's had an opening credit sequence like that. Most of this movie does feel rather un MCU, I would say, for the majority. It's only towards the end that, it, as you said, it gets more MCU. It's like, it's to me, it was, it goes from being like born identity to Mission Impossible to MCU. <laughs> like, that's the. Yeah, absolutely. It just simply has a progression. I think it, do- it doesn't surprise, like, it doesn't shock me that the fight sequences are maybe not the best in this film because obviously T- Kate Jolin comes from a background of like dramas and thrillers, not like action heavy stuff. So, uh, well, I-, I will say, like as much as I say, like I was disappointed because it's a- it's a hand to hand movie and I just wanted more. I will s- I would say that considering I think most action scenes and fight scenes in Marvel movies are usually pretty shit. This isn't terrible and i would actually put it above a lot of other marvel movies when it comes to fight but scenes. Like, it's not winter I can the, tell, the winter soldier is what you're saying yeah that's still above this yeah like there was fight choreography there and you, there was some really cool stuff happening it was just the way it was edited sure. at times that was annoying me uh, i will say this the car chase scene the bike car chase scene all that sort of stuff that was actually edited really well and that looked really cool because there's a lot of practical um, you could tell there's just a lot of practical stunts and stuff happening there that I thought paid off I well. I think the, for me, the Elena and um, Natasha fight before that as well, I thought was really cool. I thought that was edited well enough to allow for like some of the big hits that you could tell stunt women took throughout that fight were given space to be seen. There's one shot there. where I think it's Natasha where, like, gets Natasha's thrown into just like, get, like thrown into a door backwards and then yes, she, like, spins. Her to the body side. just like fucking die like it's like, obliterated. And I guess and, uh, I think we've I've personally mentioned it a number of times. Thanks to Corridor Crew and their stuntmen reacts, I have a newfound appreciation for stunt people and recognizing when they take massive hits in movies a lot more than just being like, oh it's a movie, somebody fell and hurt themselves. It was just, you know There's pads. Uh, yeah, they, no, there was not. there was no way they could be padded in, except for maybe like light pads under their like jackets. Under and the stuff, jackets, but yeah. Other than that, they were fucking going hard for that fight, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, fantastic. I think other than Thor Ragnarok, which is you know meant to be comedy esque, and probably Guardians of the Galaxy, this might be one of the more funnier MCU films, especially if you have a sense of humor for me. I think this movie had no right to be as funny as it was. Yeah, like I was just because like, I think opening. it's unexpectedly hilarious. Yeah, which I is why like, it works. Is... And it has like such a has such a dry sense of humor throughout L- the entire the thing. The scene works. in the helicopter where, the- where it just crashes out of nowhere. <laughs> that too. That's hilarious. <laughs> that, that was really good. But but when uh, Alexi says, "Oh, you mu- is it that time of the month?" and they explain. But it, they can't See, have. See, I didn't think that was funny. I thought that was kind of that was dark. Dark. That was I didn't dark find that humor. funny at that all. That was dark, dark humor, humor just because just because of her like hand motions while she's explaining. <laughs> I'm just like fuck. I was about hell. to talk about fallopian tubes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't find that funny at all. I thought that was just completely fucked up. Yeah, it is coming yeah. up. It's fucked <laughs> like, up. But like, yeah. 
just I was not so laughing. out of. <laughs> and I blame all that on Joss Whedon for adding that fucking tidbit in Age of Ultron. Well, that's I don't know. It might be a canon thing. I don't know. That's canon. In the comics. Like, yeah. that's canon for Black Widows, like, in the comics and stuff, because, like, as I said, Black Wid- Widow, even in the comic books, has got a fucked up past. And that whole sleeper agent kind of stuff for, um, the, for the, like, the Red Room stuff is messed up and really dark as a whole. I'm surprised there was no ballet scenes in this one, though, gotta say. It usually is in these Russian No spy. Julie Delby. Yeah. Well, there yeah. has been in the past with the like Black in, Widow had in them a OG number Ultron, of times. Yeah. So yeah, I was waiting for it to happen again. And it even if it was again. just a no, oh, was there any dances in that first uh, montage at the start? I don't I believe so. That montage dance, yeah. was very dark overall. Of just more. Yeah. The I mean, the general. whole idea of him like him saying he's taking advantage of the resource that like is underappreciated. Women, pretty fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the whole movie is, it's, obviously it has, like, feminist undertones, which is why they fuck up Taskmaster. Um, Like, I get what they're doing with that character, and, like, what the point of that character is supposed to be in. Like, the whole, Ray Winstone's whole character is literally supposed to be the ultimate man-controlling fucking pig piece of shit, you know? Like, I get it. But I'm like, it could have been a different character, not Taskmaster. It could have just been anything else. Just make it look like Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe for all I care. Even though that would tie in with the movie Don't talk about. Out. Don't talk about G.I. Joe. Don't bring up G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> don't bring up G.I. Joe. It's a sore spot of the moment. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think we'll move into some uh, building the MCU. Uh, so I'm going to mention a bunch of characters. Uh, I think, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with these people, but uh, let's just have a guess as to whether we're going to see them again in the MCU. Okay. Uh, King things off. Obviously, we got uh, Florence Pugh as the Elena Belova uh, debuted in Inhumans number five, March 1999, created by Devin Grayson and J.G. Jones. Uh, I think it's pretty much a given. We're going to see her we're on Disney+. Again. Plus. I checked RMDB. She's credited for Hawkeye. For Hawkeye. I was going to say, the moment that after credit scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon, it's like, oh, she's going to be on the Disney Plus show. She's on IMDB for Hawkeye, so take that as you will. Yep. Uh, Then Red Guardian debuted in Marvel The Avengers 43, August 1967, created by Roy Thomas, John Mishima, obviously played by David Harper. We're going to see Red Guardian again. I believe so. I think it depends on how he's received in this movie, but from every, I loved loved his character, and I thought he was another fun character. I'm sure he'll get just the. We'll see him again. I'm gonna say yes, but it's only gonna be a small. It won't uh, be a massive part. No, something yeah. else. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got the agent uh, Rick Mason uh, debuted in the graphic novel Rick Mason: The Agent in 1989, created by James. Hudnell and John Ridgway. Who's the agent? See this play. This is played by O.T. Fagbinell, the uh, the guy that you know is helping Natasha with all the stuff. Oh, the English oh, right. bloke. The English yeah. bloke. Okay. Yeah, I thought he was cool. I don't know if we will see him. I think they were alluding to it, maybe for later. Maybe we see him in Hawkeye. But obviously, he has connections if he can get hold of a Quinjet. Yeah. So he has to have some kind of. 
yeah, people. I'm going to say no. But I, yeah, I doubt it. Uh, then we got Mulana, who's known in the comics as Iron Maiden. Uh, debuted in Marvel Fanfare number 11, November 1983. Created by Ralph Macchio and George Perez. Uh, again, an interesting turn because it's obviously she's been a, a known Marvel villain for a long time. Uh, for her to be a good guy in this was kind of a twist, but yeah. Even though she, no. they, she, her original intention was to twi- betray them, but yeah. I don't think I don't think um, Rachel Weiss is a lockdown MCU type person, so I'm gonna say no. I think if, she could be yeah. seen at the same time of the Reds, the Red Guardian. Like they could be seen together at some point. I think you got a way higher chance. Did of they da- end David up together? Arbor. Like, uh, yes, no, I, I, I believe it was insinuated that they were going to. But like, think about David Arbor and like type person he is. He would happily come back and do a ten minute scene, whereas I don't think Rachel Weiss would. Like that's just me judging. Wow. Oof, okay. Actors. Yikes. I'm not saying one's bad, like, that's just a, like, choice. No, it's you're just saying, you're just judging others. a character, that's all. <laughs> I am. She does, like, fucking a million, like, she usually does, like, indie movies and stuff, you know? She's an actor, actor, actress. David yeah, Arbor's, like... and she can actor, actress, actress in, like, ten minutes for an MCU movie and get a whole lot of cash for it. No, she's not about the cash, you know? I'm sure you it doesn't hurt. Uh, this next one might be a sore spot, but uh, Taskmaster debuted in <laughs> Avengers 195, May 1980, created by David Michelin and George Perez. Hey, look, Ash, you just called her the Taskmaster when you were trying to insinuate earlier. Oh, is she is she being called the Taskmaster at all? Maybe she's not the Taskmaster. No. <laughs> we don't see her ever again, even though I'm sure we will, as part of the rest of the Black Widows, which will turn up as the Black Widow squad at some point in the MCU. Um, fuck, no, I just don't. Just give me a real Taskmaster. Justice for Taskmaster. We're getting justice you know, for Han. Three years later. Hashtag, three hashtag three years later. Eight, no, eight years later? You know, maybe she's recovered. Like, hashtag, has personality. Hashtag justice for Taskmaster. <laughs> okay. Alright, we'll, we'll start start that, see how it goes. <laughs> uh, that's that's everyone in building the MCU. Dylan, what was the most marvellous moment of Black Widow? Fuck, I forgot this is a segment and I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done one of these... Uh, we rewatch things. Oh no, does yep. Kieran have an answer or else you have to give me a second? Um I will actually say my most marvelous moment for this movie is the opening because I loved how much time it was given to breathe. It was it was way longer than I thought most um of the style of openings have been given in the MCU. I thought it was like really fucking well done and really set everything up for the rest of this movie going forward. Um, and laying the stakes for this family and the purpose of this family unit. Um, I don't think it's, you know, maybe it's the obvious decision to have Natasha be part of, like, a Russian sleeper family or sleeper agents, but at the same time, it's really fucking interesting that they've made this move and they just set that up for this to be the rest of the movie. They saw Fast and Furious. They were like, man, we've got to make this movie about family, and that's what they did. My favourite scene and moment in this film is when they're driving the car and uh what's what's Florence Pugh's character what's the name of the character? Yelena. 
oh, Elena starts going on about how she's got this really cool jacket with all these the pockets vest. in it. <laughs> and, uh, it's such a cool vest because it's got all these pockets. pockets. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that was my first. That was my first. I like even clue. that, or just the the back and forth in the. Do we like, see that vest of, again? Yeah. No, <laughs> even back. all that in. In the no, petrol no, station where she's doing like the superhero landing thing and making fun of it, that was also quite good. And then she does it later on, and then she's like disgusting, like she's like, yeah, Ew. yeah. <laughs> like, yes. she's like gross. Um, I think a lot of her lines could be quoted as vest. I do like that it didn't click for me who, what that vest was until the end when she gives it to Natasha, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's the vest. She wears that vest like a lot in the coming movies. Like, okay, sure. Um, but it's solo with the dice. <laughs> 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 but um i will say funniest maybe the funniest like non-purpose moment of funny was uh natasha's car getting hit by that rocket i was sat like fairly back in the cinema no, i jumped I saw, like out of nowhere i saw yeah. everybody jump yeah. in my cinema and i was like that's hilarious <laughs> and i was sitting there waiting for something to go wrong you know when you're like expecting it and you're like all right what the fuck is it gonna be and i was still like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that How about you ashley I'll admit that it was that and the the the, the, the light suddenly coming on when they're about to raid the house. Ah, oh, no, I they saw got, that they maybe jumped, yeah. Just, just some bright light. Uh, I think yeah, the char casing. <laughs> just, just, just quickly adding to that bit with the light coming on. How comically it was done of the Red Guardian's chest just being filled with those fucking <laughs> tranquilizers. I was like, the fuck? Because they're so the stupid. Lo- they think one. <laughs> <laughs> Just the sound design and, there were, and everything. There are ones in the was, wall as well. Behind him. They, like, they think one measly <laughs> stankalizer can stun me. Uh, I think, yeah, that car chase sequence uh, with the, the Taskmaster in a massive tank that's taking out every single car possible. I, I will say, I had to turn... Another thing I had to turn my brain off in an MCU movie was the physics around that car. The first, like sharp turn it does when they're first jumping on the bike was just like the fuck is going on that car is on like just turned on like a dime and didn't have any momentum to it i was like okay sure we're going wacky you know and then she when she knocks off the door you're welcome fantastic really great scene uh yeah was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about um do you do you feel yeah do you, or do you want to just credits? jump to the post credits? Anything else on the bulk? Do you feel like it filled in enough of Natasha's? Do you think this will play better on a chronological rewatch now? Do you think you I can think watch this we... before Endgame, before Infinity War? Yeah, and you I think feel so. more for Natasha. Yeah, I've, yeah, I and also so. obviously not watching it. the post credits sequence. <laughs> I mean, also just rewatching the movie, it's got expectations always in check or whatever, and you know what you're expecting out of it, and you can just, like, when we did all the MCU rewatch for this podcast, I, I could enjoy the movies that I already knew I disliked, and I still disliked some of them the same amount, but I they were, like, still just easier watches because I already knew that they were disappointments or I didn't particularly like them. Like, even for The Dark World, I could watch that and just knew what it was and whatever so mm. of, of course it's always going to be easier to watch these sorts of things but i don't think it suddenly makes the the placement of this movie and the fact that they decided to give her a solo movie after the character died like there's just no fixing that <laughs> there's just no way you can fix that all right uh let's obviously let's jump into the post-credit sequence uh i will say like kieran brought it up to me before we started recording like hard cut to credits 
Like hard. Yeah, so normal I, credits. While while Yusrael talking before, I did post a quick article on the website <laughs> and um, uh, about the the after credit scene, and I did note in that I'm like, it. I wrote. I think in that I wrote. It feels like they've because this is the start of the next uh, phase, whatever phase or the whole like reset. It's almost like they've reset the after credit sequences. They're like, hey, remember when you didn't know these were things? Uh, and you remember the first time you sat all the way to the end of Incredible Hulk and you like saw Rob Dan Jr. show up or something like that. You know, like this is what this felt like because there's no flashy credit sequence with I, the, the characters. I think it's because they the did actors. the opening. That's why. Either way, one after credit scene, no flashy credits. Only one, you have to go all the way to the end of the movie. Like it felt like a, a hard reset for the after credit scenes. And I mean, still, it's fine because it, it was a really good after credit scene. But yeah, it did stand out that it went straight to normal credits. I'm like, this isn't a normal movie. How dare you go to straight to normal <laughs> I credits? Like, I was like, motherfuckers, you're supposed to have, if you're going to do an after credits scene, I've been pampered to the point where I know there's like a shorter version of the credits I yeah. can watch. Then the after credits scene happens, yes. and then I can fuck off home if there's not they've, another they've one. Had a, they've had a formula of flashy credit scene straight after the movie. Then after that, the after credit scene is usually the important one setting up the next MCU movie. Then it goes to normal credits, and then after the normal credits, it's like is a, gag. a short, funny, yeah, gag one. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, obviously, end of the film for people who didn't will stay around to the end of the credits. I guess we'll just play it out for you. Uh, Yelena visits the grave of Natasha with a dog. Got a dog. She got a dog. Got a dog. You know, uh, very important. You know, and uh, she gets visited by uh, Ju- Julia Lewis Dreyfus, Allegra, Va- Valentina Allegra de Fen- Fontaine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you right, Dylan? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> who is has a terrible cold and should probably be in isolation if yeah. she's blown. She's got that fucking much. COVID. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Uh, and uh, pretty much is there to give Nata- uh, Yelena her next target, who is Hawkeye, the man responsible for Natasha's death, apparently. Apparently. How do we apparently feel about it's, that? It's, it's, I'd like to know how Yelena got to this point, because I f- kind of felt like her run-in with Natasha and everything would have set her on the straight and narrow, but she seems to be working for a shadier organization, so maybe well. she's just... It has been money. So, being a superhero doesn't pay. We know that there now. is big. There is important things to throw in here, which is we've actually already seen this character, even though we wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Like, yes. in the, yeah, without COVID, this would have been her first appearance. But we've seen her already because she shows up in Falcon and Winter Soldier, of course. And in that, although as an audience, you're still like dubious. She doesn't seem like a good person. And in this, dubious, she doesn't seem like a good person. However. In Falcon and Winter Soldier, they still play her off as, and she plays off um, old Dippy two dollar uh, two dollar Captain America, and she tricks him into being like, "I'm also putting together a team of good guys. Come work for me." So maybe she's done the same to her because, like, she's not directly a bad guy in Falcon and yep. Winter Soldier. You feel like she probably is a bad guy, but she's look, she's not yet. Yeah, even though it we feels like her. she's building like a Dark Avengers team or something like that. Yeah. But then, so then obviously there's going to be a, so calling it now, there's going to be a whole fight scene between Kate Bishop and Yelena in uh, Hawkeye, maybe multiple as their rivalry. Um, 
I think it's interesting because obviously Yelena is aware of Clint Barton because he's mentioned in this movie. Um, yes, a very lot. Poignantly, and like several. What kind of bullets make hunt. those arrow? Make those marks? The arrows. Make those arrows. arrows. Yep. Mm. And me and like, me and Clint hid up here for thirteen days or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So it's weird where I'm like, does she not understand the relationship that Natasha and Clint had? Yeah, probably. They probably didn't get much time to talk post this movie. Um. So maybe they. Didn't just have a heart to heart and be like, "Hey, Clint, he's my best boy. You know, he's my homie. He got my back. Don't hurt him ever." But he killed um, him. He did turn also- on us once, but he was being mind controlled like you were. So, yep, same thing. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, this is the Clint Barton that is post Ronan, and mm. the picture used of him was a Ronan picture. So I would presume that this is got something to do with that. That his back, his history of being Ronan. Throughout the blip period, um, is going to be where I think the yeah. reasoning so, for her being so yeah. So there's some sort of justification for her going after him, yeah. like morally. Yeah. Like she was hired by the the yakuza. He to was get killing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whoever he killed in Endgame, <laughs> or something. <like laughs> I don't know. Don't know. Uh. So what do we expect? Marvel would be stupid not to pitch their wagon to Florence Pugh and have a bun- uh, full-on... Uh, have Yelena show up in a bunch of stuff going forward. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and I feel like she just takes over Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow role in up-and-coming mainline Avengers movies and team-up movies and everything. Anything that we would normally expect Scarlett Johansson to be in, it'll be her going forward. What? They're building this Young Avengers or whatever Avengers cast is what they're building, basically. Right? Mm, Like, they've got so many more younger people. Like, the people coming into the MCU now are so much more younger than the core Avengers cast Mm, were were originally. At the start, yeah. Yeah. So, they're definitely building a much younger team and she's going to be part of whatever that ends up being, is what I'd say. So, then you're going to have a Young Avengers team I'm not saying that's what it's called, but just like literally a young Avengers team, Dark Avengers, Secret Avengers, whatever. Um, and then you're going to have whatever the core team is with uh, Captain America played by Anthony Mackie and uh, Bucky still there and, um, you know, Ant-Man. Who, you know, like that, you've still got them around being a team, but you, I think you're going to have this separate team of the younger cast that, um, yeah, are doing their own thing or, or eventually overtake and, they can all team up in a big event movie, of course. Yeah. That's that's still a thing. But yeah, that that's what I think the general direction is. It's not to have her team up with uh Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and um whoever else. I don't think like that will happen, I but like I don't think that's the main though. She I think she will, but I don't think that's the main purpose of the character. And I don't think she should either, because then it is literally going, Hey, you're literally replacing Scarlett Johansson literally filling her spot on this team. And I think that is complete waste. And that's literally retrading steps. Dumb. So don't do that. No, but I think she, obviously she's a different character and has different baggage. And she's not she's not that quote unquote young. Like she I guess she is ten years old. Pew is sorry, born sorry, sorry. she's younger than you. No 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 I'm not not sorry, <laughs> I'm not talking about just far as you, but like so in the first section, that took place in what nineteen ninety 
five, I think. Five, which is, and she was like, six. and that character was already was six at that point. Was mm-hmm. like, was fairly young at that point. So she's older than me in this movie. I know, but I'm saying like the, the actual cast. If you look, I at, know the cast like, itself is, yeah. but I'm just saying her. Like, who character. the fuck's playing Kate Bishop? Um, what's her face? Um, Holly Stanfield. She's fucking. How old is she? Like twelve? I mean, obviously not. But... <laughs> like oh, actually, I think she's. I swear she might be the same age. Hold on, let me. So Haley Steinfeld is born 1996. Florence Pugh is born 1996. They're casting only actors from 1996 for an <laughs> Avengers team. They're going to call Avengers 96. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't think that's. Why are you laughing? I've got I proof. Mean... Uh, uh, what's um, Tom what's, Holland is what's, like what Tom the fuck's Hall? who replaced Ant Man's what's uh, Ant Man what's her Newton. name yep Catherine Newton yep that's the one what's her born oh. 97 so <laughs> he's, <laughs> just, <laughs> he's cracking the shit <laughs> he's cracking the shit oh my god oh my god Dylan Tom, Dylan Dylan put your headphones back on Put 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 the headphones on Put him on. He's oh, he's looked like he might have. He's just taking the other program. Guess what? Tom Holland, born nineteen ninety six. Yeah, Tom Holland doesn't doesn't count now. He's not. He's already. He was already there. I was looking at new people. But why Catherine Newton fucking would be like, oh, but the Pokemon movie. Why she would fuck me like this is <laughs> beyond me. I mean, she's me. she's February, so I mean, she's very early nineteen ninety seven. But <sighs> fucking hell. <laughs> she. Uh, last couple of things. I I did. I was surprised by the twist that. You know that uh, Rachel Weisz and Scarlett Johansson are swap places. I didn't see that coming. Mission Impossible, baby. Mission Impossible. Yeah, and again, <laughs> this is another thing that like Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of spoiled. Because I even saw like obviously they had the face, the mm. head holders in the, her cupboard. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the thing. That's probably going to come into play. And then I, like- then I didn't think see it coming. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't it make you think we'd watch these things in the correct order when they'd done it, like, in that, or um, if you'd seen J- Julia Reed's Dreyfus, like, it just makes me wonder how differently some of these moments and cameos and stuff would have played if they'd, we'd got these things in the correct yes. order. <laughs> it's so weird. It would have been, yeah, interesting, because obviously we still wouldn't, she, she only calls her Allegra, like, we all have to jump to the conclusion of who exactly that was, uh, but... She introduces herself properly in uh, in Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. Okay, anything else you guys want to talk about? Any other classic moments? Was I yeah. did I mishear that there was rumors about RDJ in this movie? Or was no. that just like a bad rumor? Or something there was a story talking? going around this morning that he unfollowed the whole Marvel cast on Twitter for some <clears> reason. <throat> if you want to talk about RDJ, oh fuck, okay. He doesn't want any spoilers. That's what it is. So then everyone was taking that as him coming back, and it's all part of some ploy. So he's got to wipe himself so yeah, he can I re. I have no fucking know. idea. I want, my last night in the movie. Good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not uh, many songs though. Nice. No, well, oh, but the songs, actual but, score. I mean, I mean, the actual, actual score. score, I yeah. thought was uh, it was good. Good, the, like, yeah. The score very much carried the tone and the theme of the movie as a whole, which I think was. Yeah. I also enjoyed Yelena's running gag of you know this would be a good place to die. This would be, and then at the end she's like, "This would not made. be a good place to die." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Fantastic. Oh yeah, as as a fly, Florence Pugh stand here, admit if you like Florence Pugh stand. Oh, very happy, yeah. very happy with this movie. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Florence Florence Pugh's star is rising. I was, I was here from the I was here from the beginning. You know, these are all a bunch of poses. Like, I was really, like, were you here at the uh, little drama boy point? Were you here? At no, no, whatever at the start of her career. No, you just was, jumped oh. in at Midsummer and did. Act like you've been there since the beginning. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I think most people jumped in. That's what well. people most people did. Yes, we're right, not mainstream uh, cinema audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's know what you thought of Black Widow. Uh, by jumping onto Twitter, you can go find all of us on Twitter by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, or jump to our Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Center if you help us out. Uh, if, if you thought this episode was worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash support and leave us as little as a dollar. Um, thank you very much for listening. Join us next time for Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings for another all-new Marvel cast. Before we go off, sorry, before we go off, man, that Stan Lee, like, intro hits so fucking hard every time yeah, I well, watch it. What the f- I, was that something that's been on the internet that already, released, or was that just posted uh, for this movie? No, that released, when they released all the trailers, um, during whatever, like, Disney Week or whatever it was, like, a while Okay, I, I don't recall um, seeing it, but, yeah. but, like, that shit hits hard. When it came on, I was like, oh boy, I'm I'm not ready to, to have these feels in the middle of the cinema just yet. This is supposed to be where I'm relaxed. That, that's where you're supposed to have the feels. I know, but the fucking man, that Stanley monologue gives me chills every time I hear it. It's really fucking good. You can you can sign off now. Bye.